Welcome to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings, financial advisor at RBC Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help busy, high-achieving women overcome the financial stresses that can impact your health, wealth, and happiness. Join Erica as she explores ways you can create a healthy balance of financial wellness and replace limiting beliefs and bad habits to harmonize your journey toward total emotional and financial wellness. Let's get started. Welcome to Erica Cummings' podcast, A Strong Woman for Strong Women. Erica is a financial advisor with the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. This is the first episode of this podcast series, and in it, we will learn more about Erica, her background, and her commitment to empowering women, especially high-achieving women. I'm Patrice Sikora. Erica, tell me what inspired you to become a financial advisor and focus on women. Well, hi, Patrice. Uh, my parents were married very young. In the 70s, they were in their early 20s, 1970s, and anyone who knows about that time in history knows that a lot of marriages, unfortunately, did not last. There was a high divorce rate, so my parents fell right in line with that, and they were divorced when I was nine and my brother was five. My mom entered the workforce at an entry-level position after spending years at home, and we became part of what is called the latchkey generation. So we were off the bus by ourselves, and we had to put ourselves on the bus alone, And over the course of our growing up years, my mom actually made an incredibly successful career. Although I came to find out later in life that there were many sleepless nights, she seriously made it seem effortless at times. Mm -hmm. She was my hero growing up. And I went into the real world believing that we as women had finished the long chapter on gender inequality. I had always had a love for math and helping people. And quite frankly, to this day, I still feel as if everything is fixable with the right plan, the right guidance, and the right motivation. So really becoming a financial advisor was a dream career for me. And after 20 years of being an advisor, I still feel so honored to help my clients fulfill some of their most important wealth goals and watch them enjoy the success of their hard work and all their efforts. However, one thing I've noticed over the years, both in my personal and professional life, is that women's and men's relationship with money and finances are just very, very different. And those differences run the gambit. So I've worked with many generations over the last 20 years, and obviously you know, I'm 45 and my mom is in her 60s and I've had the opportunity to see my grandmother and how she manages money. And the reasons why those differences exist are truly dependent upon a person's story, their circumstances, their life history. But one thing that's common is the financial industry as a whole has really done a disservice to all women. We still live in a world where whether it's the development or the marketing or the delivering of financial services is still very much dominated by men. Mm -hmm. After 20 years of seeing little to no difference in the industry, and trust me, the way that they've tried to change things (laughs) is to either slap a pink label on a seminar and call it for women, or just decide to group us all into one category of diversity, even though we're 55% of the population. It's not the answer. Watching generation after generation of women not really reaching their full financial success for many, many reasons, I found my calling. And you call this a calling. Tell me, tell me why. Tell me what it is. How big is it? In short, it's the ability to help 
women find balance and success in their lives. And again, I'm sure we can all agree that women cannot be painted with the same broad brush. As I said, we're over 50% of the population and we all have unique needs. I learned early on that I cannot help every woman. It's impossible, but I can certainly help the women that are like me. Mm -hmm. We're busy. We're high achieving women. We engage in meaningful work. We are leaders oftentimes in our workplace. We're committed to our families and we often take on decision-making roles throughout our lives. However, this means that our lives are extremely complicated, extremely busy, and often stressful. Being a high-earning female, taking care of our families, it's not always a walk in the park. So it can be all-consuming, lots of stress-filled days, and we don't have a whole lot of time for ourselves. We carry a huge burden in daily responsibilities, and a lot of times we hide the sources of our anxiety, the things that keep us up at night, and really prevent us from being emotionally and financially wealthy. Does it bother you that you can't help everybody? It does. I certainly, in the beginning, I would say about five or six years ago was when I kind of shifted my practice towards at least trying to find some specialization with helping women. And I wanted to be everything to all women because I am a mother of a daughter. And as I said, from a divorced mom, and I really thought that I would be able to do everything for everyone. But truly, it's a disservice to all women to say that we are the same and that we can have one person be able to deliver what's necessary for everybody. And so I had to really look inward and and take a leap of faith that the best way for me to be able to help a particular group of women is to know everything there is to know about them and have a lot of faith in the fact that I have a lot of professional experience. And I know that the way that we take care of our clients is the right way. And also I live in the same shoes as these women on a regular basis. That's not to say that I wouldn't love to snap my fingers and help every woman be successful, help every woman feel confident in their finances, feel confident in the balance of their lives. But it's hundreds of millions of women and it would actually be unfair for me to say that I could help everyone. You were talking about great, the greatest sources of anxiety. Tell me about those. Some of them are, you know, I kind of call them the, the questions that keep us up at night. And these are questions that are different for every single woman. When I think of somebody that's mid-career like me, we have younger children, younger meaning, you know, they're, they're still in school and we're worried about their future. The things that keep me up at night is, are they grounded? So we are successful. We've been able to give them a life that's far different than, than the life that I grew up with. So do my kids understand the value of money? Am I doing a good job showing them how to responsibly manage it and the importance of hard work so that they can have something similar to what they're growing up in? I think about my health at night. Every day, things hurt a little bit more. They get a little bit more achy. There's appointments that we have to have that we didn't have to have 10 years ago. And we wouldn't dream of missing one of our kids' doctor's appointments or skipping a parent-teacher conference. But I've definitely canceled a mammogram to fit in everyone else's appointments. And 
you do that. And then all of a sudden that little voice in the back of your head says, well, what if that appointment was the one, what if that was the one where they would have found something and I didn't, I didn't fulfill that appointment. I think about my parents, they're getting older. Who's going to take care of them? A lot of us think about, are we going to be the ones taking care of them financially? Will we have to physically be there? How is that going to impact our lives? And then there's our finances. We're all planning for retirement. Are we going to have enough? What will not having enough look like? Are we taking advantage of all of our investment strategies? Am I missing anything? And, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. And there's many jokes out there about how women have, it, we're like a computer with multiple tabs running at the same time. Yeah. And there's music in the background and we don't know what tab it's coming from. And, you know, that's basically what happens at least I I feel like it happens most nights. And I actually just read an article recently that said that working mothers spend over 20 hours a week just worrying about their kids. I can totally believe that. Totally yes. believe that. And that just saps your energy. And that energy you can't put toward your success. You can't. And it, it makes... When you are worrying what's happening with your children, they are the most important part of your life. Yes. I always joke that I feel as if I am the singular person between my children either being hugely successful or going to jail. So every moment and every decision I make, as far as the kids are concerned, it, it's, it's, it's do or die. Especially right now, we're in the middle of this huge pandemic and we're all having to rethink the way that we do everything. And women are just bearing the brunt of this. So whether it's at home schooling or making sure the kids are keeping up or they're not socializing. So you're worrying about that. Are they going to be able to do okay as they're heading into college? Are they affected by this emotionally, mentally? We carry so much of that burden. And when you have that in the back of your brain, it becomes really difficult to focus 100% on anything else in our lives. And there's no question that we're seeing that in, in terms of women's professional success and their ability to continue to give the same amount of time and energy to creating success for themselves and creating wealth. But, but now COVID's not going away anytime soon. Vaccines are no. So this is going yeah. to be around for quite some time yet. It is going to be around for a while. And in my experience, we have to figure out you know, how to manage all of this and still keep our wits about ourselves. And I, I always use the analogy that they use on airplanes, although we haven't been going on them very often. You have to put your oxygen mask on first. If you're not taking care of yourself, you're not focusing on how to keep your battery charged, then you're not going to be able to come and, and present yourself as the best partner, as the best parent for your children, as the best coworker, friend, family member. So it's really, really important that we focus on, on making sure that we are managing and balancing all aspects of our life and being selfish at times, genuinely saying, okay, I have to take a step back and I have to figure out how to take care of, of me before I can be the best version for everyone else. Now you have developed something you call the eight dimensions of strength. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. When we think about all of the aspects of our lives, we genuinely believe that 
our lives, especially with everything with COVID, doesn't have to be lived from the outside looking in. We don't need to feel exhausted all the time, less than, than present, unfulfilled. We do believe that women actually can exist and be successful and find ways to be emotionally and financially wealthy. And with the eight dimensions of strength, we've incorporated it into our financial services practice in a way that we believe is beneficial to our clients in also managing all these other aspects of their lives. So most people back in the day when we thought of health, we thought of our physical health. We started to, over the last few decades, think of our mental and emotional health. But our financial well-being is so important too, our spiritual well-being. So it's incorporating all of these different aspects that when they're aligned, allow us to feel balanced, we feel stronger, we're able to be more successful. And most importantly, we're able to feel at peace. And at no point in time are all of these going to be perfectly aligned at the same time, but it's really important for us to know what they are. So for example, the first one is financial strength. There's no question as a financial advisor that I've observed that way too many women neglect their financial well-being. And it is truly well-being. It is a it is a part of your health. We're very willing to invest time in yoga and Pilates and other forms of self-care. I know a lot of my friends and I have tons and tons of self-care books just finding little niches in our in our bookshelves, but we don't realize how much the financial stresses of our lives can completely undermine everything we've been planning. Our finances can influence our career choices, our ability to spend time with the people we care about, whether or not we can afford to join a gym, how much we spend on food or healthcare, and ultimately how we define our self-worth. Our finances are just integral. They're an integral part of our total well-being. And in my last 20 years, I've noticed that we often put them to the side or we hand that power over to someone else to take care of, whether it be a spouse or you know somebody in your life that you just say, I, I just, I can't worry about this right now. And it's really important that that is considered as much a part of your well-being as your physical health and your emotional. To that point, the second is your physical strength. So the second dimension is your physical strength. And that's the extent to which you make protecting your health a top priority. We are going to live longer than if we're married, our spouses. It's it's just the way it works. We generally, in my case, my husband is four years older than me. And women tend to live on average about three to four years longer than men. So there's a pretty good chance that I probably will outlive my husband. It's critical that I take care of myself, not just because I want to stay healthy and present and be able to be there for everybody that needs me and loves me, but also I need to make sure that I'm not in any way compromising my financial health because of my physical health being right. an issue. Right. We know how much it costs when we're not healthy. We know how much it costs when, as we've seen this with family members, with friends, where as they get older, the, the incredible toll it can take on a household budget when someone is not physically healthy. So it's probably one of the best investments you can make during your lifetime is to invest in your physical health. And that is only going to get more expensive. That's right. Nobody knows what's happening with healthcare and, and the access that we're going to have as time goes on. But the one thing that we do know is that people are living longer. And there's a difference between living 
longer well and living longer not well. So we have some pretty significant medical advancements that have allowed us to have longer life expectancies. But if you are not taking care of yourself physically, you may live long, but it may cost you a lot to live long. And that is not going to stop along the way. So it's it's something that we have to really, really take the time to make sure we're investing in our own health. Now, emotional strength. This is a big one. We cannot be superwoman. We can't always be the one that's taking care of things. We have to take time to have self-renewal, take time to, like I said, recharge our own battery and be selfish. And I know that this is something that sounds pretty cliche when we hear self-care is a, is a really hot topic right now. And I'll be the first person to admit that there is no amount of baths that are going to make my days easier. This is a matter of really sitting down and figuring out what's most important in your day, learning how to say no to things, learning how to feel confident in the decisions that you're making. If you know you're a good person and you're doing what's right and you're aligning your purpose and the things that are important to you and you're making decisions every day that go back up to that purpose and that are aligned with with those factors that are important to you, then you can be unabashedly selfish about it. It's so hard for women to be selfish though. It really is. It's hard for us to say no. We are we generally want to be helpful to everybody. We generally want to be social. We want to be there for our friends. We want to make sure that we're we're having our kids participate in everything possible. But at some point it really you really need to take a step back and say, what is the what is the meaning of all of this? And that's one of the things that we've talked about in the past with women is really just discovering what's the purpose of the decisions we make. This often has a direct impact on how we view our finances and where we spend our time and our resources. When you know what your purpose is and you know what you're trying to move towards, it's not easy, but it does give you a grounding point to say, you know what, this is not serving me saying yes to this board or volunteering for this or saying I'm going to be a coach for my kid's soccer team. It may be the right thing for you, but sometimes it's not. And that's okay. It's okay to not be all things to all people all the time. Because at some point you are going to burn out and you run the risk of not only compromising your health, compromising your ability to work, but also the very thing you are trying to accomplish ends up going out the window. Absolutely. Spiritual strength. So this is right in line with that emotional strength. And I'm not talking about religion, but again, rather discovering and knowing what your purpose is. When you take a step back, and I always say this is something that's very different for women. I don't know that many men who put together vision boards or that many men that journal we tend to, and I, I don't always like to say every single woman, but women tend to want to know what the bigger picture is. Why are we doing all of this? Mm-hmm. Why are we, because when we're running on that treadmill every day and it feels like we are getting nowhere, it, it it becomes so important for us to have an idea of exactly what we're working towards. What is that bigger picture? And when we have an idea of what that purpose is for us, you have a family mission statement, you have something that you wake up every day and you can look at and say, okay, this was yesterday was rough, but today's going to be better because I know exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. I know exactly why I'm going to work today. I know exactly why I'm sacrificing something 
that perhaps may have been on my yes list, but I have to say no, because this is my purpose. And when you have that, you're almost spiritually in line with yourself. And then also clearly involve the people that matter most to you. It allows you to be present and fully involved in all aspects of your life. And it means that you can take steps towards what you want to accomplish and then remove anything that's not serving you at the time. You don't feel bad when you say no to something. And that's really hard. And I will say that that's not something that I have had my whole life. I definitely think it was developed as I probably entered my late thirties and definitely into my forties was I realized what was really, really important to me. And then those bad days, I look at and say, okay, it happened. What can I learn from it? But I'm not going to let it beat up my brain for a week. Well, you just answered a question that I was forming in my head about when yeah. you had the epiphany. But I also love the idea of a family mission statement. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Well, I think it's so important when when we are spending our days. So my husband works too. My son is 15. My daughter's 11. We are all very busy. We're all going in a million different directions. It's really important that you have a discussion about why we're doing all of this. Why do mom and dad work as hard as they do? Why are there sometimes that dad can't come to the football game or mom can't go to the soccer game? Because those are sacrifices. Those are sacrifices that we make on a regular basis. They're sacrifices that we make at work, whether it's not taking a promotion or not taking on a different position that would have more travel in your life because it's just not going to work out for your family. It makes it easier to make those sacrifices when you know that everybody's on the same ship moving towards the same direction. And it also makes those decisions easier to make at the time because you you almost have a guidebook. You have you have something that says, okay, is this directly in line with what we're trying to move towards? And your most successful companies, the most successful corporations, government organizations all have a mission statement. And when they make certain, whether it's investments in their business or they make certain decisions about acquisitions, it always goes back to, is this fulfilling what our mission is? And it sounds hokey, but it works because there are many times where I've had to explain to my kids why I can't be everything all the time, why I can't come at noon to their birthday celebration in one particular year because I had a huge work commitment or, you know, something that, that I had to decide this was going to happen versus this. And when the kids understand, and obviously it depends on their ages, but the older they get, I think it's so important that they understand that this is how, uh, this is how things function. And especially growing up in a, in a single parent household, my mom could never be all all over the place. There was no way, but I knew deep down how much she was working in order to give us the best life possible. And then she made up for it in other ways. We never missed a family meal. No matter how hard she was working, she was home at night. And no matter what we were eating, we were eating it at the table together. And that was her way of showing us what was important to her. But she may have missed the soccer game that afternoon. But at no point in time did we feel that she was doing a disservice to us because we knew ultimately we were all on, on, this, on this road together. 
Now, you're talking about eight dimensions of strength. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell me about the last four. Let's go through them kind of quickly because there are a few more things I want to get into this podcast before we run out of time. Yeah. So we're going to talk about these in future podcasts, but the the last few are... Our social strengths, our occupational strengths, our intellectual strengths, and our environmental strengths. And we'll be digging deeper, as I said, into all eight of these in in future episodes. But what's really paramount is that we understand that these eight dimensions will never, I don't know a single woman, I wish that I could figure out the secret sauce to this, but they're never going to be perfectly aligned all at the same time. But we need to be clear about what they are and how we can nurture them. And more importantly, how we can realize that they're getting out of whack. They are incredibly reliant upon each other. And it's critical that we don't let one bring all the others down. I don't know if there's anything called an eight-legged stool, but it's very similar (laughs) to that stool where if one leg is missing, you're going to topple over. And at some points in time, you know, I know for me, my kids are really, really important because they're they're young right now. When they go off to college, maybe they'll be more independent and that won't be on the forefront. When we finally get through COVID, I, the kids are a huge part of my focus right now. Perhaps we can take a little bit of a step back there and I can focus a little bit more on other areas. But it's important to understand that all of them need to be nurtured in some way. And you can always say, you know what, this one has to get put on the shelf for a little while. But knowing that it's there and knowing what's critical in order to make sure that it doesn't completely fall off is what's going to help you stay balanced and stay aligned and be able to make those important decisions. Well, now being a financial advisor, that gives you the most guidance in the dimension of financial strength. So how do you bring your clients on board, share what you know with them? So a lot of our clients are, you know, from a professional perspective, obviously financial strength is the most important to us. And so our clients right away, usually when we're introduced to each other, it's something that has to do with a financial need that they have. What we actually have is a proven strategy called our binder process, and it's an acronym. It stands for believe, identify, navigate, develop, educate, and reach. And the whole purpose of this is to carve the path for more organization, more support, and more clarity. So when our clients come to us, there's definitely that initial financial need. They're coming to us in order to plan for something in the future, but It's when we sit down and introduce those other dimensions, and then we incorporate the binder process that we're really able to wrap our arms around what they need to expand on. The belief portion, the B of the binder, is the belief that a balanced, fully engaged life and a strong life is possible. And that really ties back to the eight dimensions that we talked about before. The I stands for identify. So this is identifying through our expertise, any obstacles that are holding you back from investing in yourself, any financial opportunities that you might be missing, and any roadblocks that are leading to procrastination in your plans to move forward. This is where we can dig deeper into your past experiences with money, your fears about certain financial decisions, what being financially healthy really means to you. And then we can move on to that end portion, which is navigating all of your wealth needs in a coordinated fashion to help alleviate your stress and help you to start to sleep well at night by answering some of those questions that we talked about before. We develop a roadmap using your finances, 
your existing partners and relationships. So most of our clients work with attorneys and real estate agents and CPAs. We want to make sure that we're all working together to achieve that balance and that strength and success. The E is for educate. This is huge for me. We want to educate you continuously. So our clients, we do our best to try and stay in front of them as much as possible with firm insights, with different resources, with education and coaching so that they feel empowered, that they have the information to help make decisions. And then lastly, the R of Binder stands for reach. Reaching means See if others are going through the same process as they are. This way, our clients have a support system that brings us all together and they have an outside perspective. So we have a lot of, it's been a little bit hampered by COVID, but many workshops in the past where we've brought women together and they've been able to share their experiences. And I believe that when we all work together to try and empower each other, you just feel this incredible bond and you want to help elevate each other as we go along. Now, you said education was a big one there. Tell me more about that. To me, an educated person is the the best outcome possible is is going to happen when they have every piece of information we can possibly give to them their decisions are going to end up being not only hopefully the most educated but also you'll feel the most comfortable with them this is how women can develop the other dimensions of strength so being that we are financial professionals we want to collaborate with other professional women that are specialized in the areas that aren't necessarily our everyday expertise whether it's their healthcare providers or their therapists, their attorneys or their CPAs, it's a network available to help us with educational events, be guests on future podcasts and enhance the financial aspects of a woman's life. And once they're done with this whole binder process, they also receive a physical binder. It's their curated content and information that they'll use for future needs. So this becomes a physical resource for both themselves and the people that they care about. Now, you're talking almost exclusively here about women. Are you, I mean, do you work only with women? Definitely not. After 20 years, I've had the pleasure of working with hundreds of families. And as women, we surround ourselves with the people that we care about. And we want to make sure that they're taken care of as well. So we have male clients, we have female clients, we have young clients, we have old clients. However, we do specialize in helping those high achieving women identify those eight dimensions of strengths that we've talked about and specifically tie them to their goals in order to help replace their limiting beliefs and bad habits with balance and success in their financial life. So that's not to say that we don't work with men or with, you know, but we definitely I find that the reason why we are so good at what we do Mm -hmm. and the reason why we are able to help high achieving women is because we are them. We are the embodiment of the very clients that we're helping. I have a husband. I have children. I have parents. I come along as a package. So when (laughs) when we work with these women, we also are helping their husbands along the way. It's usually a plan that's built together. A lot of times their parents will come on board. And as their children get older, we want to make sure that they're educated and they're preparing themselves for the future too. It it may be that we originally start out having the conversation with that female decision maker, but ultimately we want to wrap our arms around the people that they care about too. Nice. There is so much here that you've shared. Who 
do you hope listen to your podcast? Who really should be listening? High achieving women. Those women out there that are like us, we are, we are trying to manage it all. We are working every day. We're oftentimes raising our children. We're in relationships. We're trying to, to be successful in our respective careers. We have goals we want to achieve. And oftentimes we tend to want to control everything. I'm not embarrassed to say that I tend to be a control freak. It's taken me quite a bit of time to actually delegate perfect example. Here's a cute little story. Back in the day, I used to do every lick of laundry in the house and everything was folded perfectly. And I would rotate outfits in order to make sure that our kids were always dressed perfectly. Fast forward to the 45-year-old Erica. I don't do any laundry. My 15-year-old and my 11-year-old for a few years now have done their own laundry. I flat out said to them, I don't care if you are wrinkled every day, as long as I don't have to do it, it's up to you. It's how you want to look. And that's a part of my life that I just said, why? Why am I focused so much on whether or not the 15-year-old wants to fold his shirt or not? Not my problem anymore. As women, we want full control. So we're usually looking for any way to improve ourselves. So one of our goals with the podcast is to provide a level of education around those eight dimensions of strength, but also a little dose of humility and realism as someone who's in the trenches with them every day. Erica, how can people reach you? There's so much they need to talk about, I'm sure. You can reach us on our website at harmonyfinancialwellness.com. We're also on Facebook by the same name, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Outstanding. Eight dimensions of strength coupled with humility and a realistic take on life. That and more can be found here in this podcast, A Strong Woman for Strong Women, hosted by Erica Cummings, a financial advisor with the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. And to know when a new episode is ready, please subscribe with the subscribe button on this page, and you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to A Strong Woman for Strong Women with Erica Cummings. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest as of the date of this recording, is subject to change without notice, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RBC Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or another qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and insurance products offered through RBC Wealth Management are not insured by the FDIC or any other federal government agency, are not deposits or other obligations of or guaranteed by a bank or any bank affiliate, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of the principal amount invested. RBC Wealth Management is a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. RBC Wealth Management does not provide tax or legal advice. All decisions regarding the tax or legal implications of your investments should be made in connection with your independent tax or legal advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. It is not possible to invest directly in an index.